Ashley Brock reading Norman Roberts' book, Finding the Dream, Chapter 9. It wasn't precisely the way he imagined spending the night with her when he allowed himself to think of it, and he allowed himself often. The circumstances were quite different, yet here they were, sweaty, exhausted, and united. She had more stamina than he'd given her credit for. They'd been at it nearly four hours, the mare rising to pace, lying down again. Sweating as she moved from the first to the second stage of her labor, Laura had hadn't wilted, and while the coffee was beginning to jangle his nerves, Laura was calm as late. Why don't you take a walk, she suggested. She sat comfortably on the hay, her arms circling her knees, her gaze on the mother-to-be. I'm fine. His bros creased as he wiped down the mare since he tied his hair back. Laura could see his eyes perfectly. You're a wreck, fairy. Okay, okay, he knew it. He didn't care to have it pointed out to him, though his eyes darkened moodily when they shifted to Laura. I've done this dozens of times. Not with her, you have it. She's holding up better than you are. Hell with it. He decided he's back a moment. So she's back. I'll never understand what, why something this basic takes so damn long. How do you stand it? A woman in this position doesn't have much choice, Laura said dryly. And you just focus everything on what's happening to your body, inside your body. Nothing else exists. Wars, famines, earthquakes. Hell, they, there's nothing compared to this. Guess not. He struggled to relax and remind himself that nature generally knew what she was doing. First time I went through fouling, I thought of my mother. I figured I should have cut her more slack. I'd rather have my tongue pulled out than go through this. <laughs> Actually, it's more like having your bottom lip pulled out and over your head till it reaches the nap of your neck. She left as he went away. Thanks for the visual. It would do him good to talk, she said, till the mayor's water broke. They had time. Your mother moved to Florida, didn't she? Yeah. Her and Frank. That's the guy she's married about ten years ago. You like him? It's hard not to like Frank. He just goes with the flow and manages to turn the current in his direction without making waves. They're good for each other. Up to him. Her taste of men sucked. The divorce was hard on you. No, who was hard on her? Idly, he picked up a shaft of hay, spun it through his fingers in Dolores' amusement. He handed it to her as he had the flowers. I don't suppose it's ever easy, divorce. I don't see why. Something doesn't work, it doesn't work. My father cheated on her from the get-go. <sighs> Never troubled to hide it. She just wouldn't let go. Never could figure that out. Figure that either. There's nothing mysterious about wanting to hold on a marriage together. There is when it's a sham. He wouldn't come home a couple nights running. Then he'd show up. She'd rant and throw things, and he'd just shrug and plop down in front of the TV. Then one day, he didn't come back at all. Ever? I never saw him again. Michael, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Though her hands continued to soothe the mare. Her attention was on him. Didn't matter to me. Or not much. He tried. But she was miserable and pissed, and it made it hard to be around her. I didn't spend much time at home for a couple of years. Hung out with Josh. Drove Mrs. Sullivan crazy, thinking I was going to corrupt him. She remembered him, remembered well now that she allowed herself those brooding dangerous allowed herself those brooding dangerous eyes in her reaction to him. My parents always liked you. They were cool. It was an it was an eye opener watching him. You what went on at Templeton House whole different world for a cliff rat like me. And the world he was describing was different for her.
your mother married again? She hooked up with Lardo when I was about 16. I hated the son of a bitch. I always figured she picked him because he was the opposite of the old man. He was sloppy, mean, and jealous. Gave her lots of attention. Michael muttered in his eyes for dark moon. Lots of it. Used to knock her around. God, he hit her? She always denied it. I'd come home and she'd have a black eye or a split lip and made up some lame excuse about tripping her walking into a door. I let it go. You were just a child. No, I wasn't. His eyes stormy now. Latched on to hers. I was never a child. By the time I was 16, I'd already seen and done more than you will in your lifetime, sugar. It suited me fine. Did it? She kept her eyes open. Or did it keep you from feeling helpless? You know, maybe both. But the fact is, Mrs. Sullivan always had the right idea. I was a bad companion. And if Josh hadn't been who he, who and what he was, we both would have ended up in juvie. Or worse, the fact is, he's the reason I didn't. I'm sure he'd appreciate the testimony, but I think you had something to do with that yourself. For the first time in months, he had a strong nagging urge for tobacco. Even patted his pocket before remembering that part of his life. You know why I took the hitch with the merchant marines? No. Well, I'll tell you. One night I came home, been drinking a little. Me and Josh, just a couple of others, down at the cliffs. We were 18 and stupid, and I chopped a six-pack from Lardo. So I walked into the house, feeling a nice, comfy buzz. There he was, big fat bastard, using a fist on my mother, because she hadn't kept the supper warm. Or some sh such shit. I wasn't going to let him get away with it. Figured it was my job to look out for her. So I took him on. Absently brushed finger over the scar above his eye. Lord's glance figured out the movement and held steady. Yeah, I weighed me. But I was young and fast. And I already had my share of dirty fights. I beat the hell out of him. I kept beating the hell out of him. Even when he was down and bleeding and unconscious. I couldn't feel my own hands pounding into his face. I'd have killed him, Lord. That's a fact. I'd have beat him until he was dead, and I wouldn't have looked back. She couldn't envision it. Wasn't equipped to, but she thought she could understand it. You were protecting your mother. Staring out the way, but then... Started out that way, but then I just wanted him dead. I wanted to make him dead. That was inside me. I would have finished him if she hadn't stopped me. And while I was kneeling over him, while she was holding a hand to her face, where he was bleeding and bruised, she told me to get out. Michael... She told me I had no right to interfere. She said a lot of things along those lines, so I got out and left her with him. She didn't mean it. How could a mother anybody turn her own child? Turn on her own child. It was impossible to absorb. She was upset and afraid and hurt. She did mean a lower. At the moment, she meant every word. Later, she changed her mind. She got rid of him and pulled herself together. She got together with Frank, but by then I was gone and I'd never really been back. You know where I went that night I left home? No. I went to Templeton House. I don't know why. I was just there. Mrs. Williamson was in the kitchen. She fussed over me, cleaned me up. She talked to me and she listened to me. She fed me cookies. on a long breath, rubbed his hands over his face. He hadn't realized so much of that night was still inside him. She probably saved my life. I don't know what I would have done if she hadn't been there. She told me I had to make something out of myself. Not that I had a choice or that her or that here were my options. Just boy. You've got to make something out of yourself. She's always had a soft spot for you, Michael. And he's deserved one, she thought. Now he deserved comfort and care to understand. Poor lost boy. She was the first woman I ever loved. He plucked up another shake, shaft of hay to kill the earth for a cigarette, chewed the tip. 
If he'd had a glimmer of Laura's description of him, he wouldn't have been amused. He'd have been appalled. Maybe the last woman he had. She told me to go over to the stables, and she went up and got Josh. He and I sat in this place and talked all night. All fucking night. Every time I talked about doing something crazy, he'd stare me back with that cool lawyer logic of his. Next day, I was signed up. I stayed here in the stables until I shipped out. Here? You stayed here? Josh never said anything about it. Maybe he understood client confidentially, and even then, he always understood friendship. Mrs. Williamson brought me food. She and Josh were the only ones that ever wrote to while I was gone. She was the one who sent me word that my mother had kicked Lardo out. Guess Mrs. Williamson went, went to see her. I never asked. He shook it, off, shook it off when, you know, her cookies were my claim to fame on ship. Once a month, this box would come full of them. Once I was losing my shirt and poker game and ended up here. What do you call them? Snickerdoodles? I walked away flushed. <laughs> She's like hearing that. Taking the chance, she reached over the mare's neck and touched it. Anyone, anyone Mrs. Williams takes under her wing deserves it. She recognizes fools. She doesn't suffer them. You're a good man, Michael. He studied her, so I was at vintage in her eyes. I could let you think that and get you in the bed quicker. <laughs> I'm not a good man, Laura. But I'm an honest one. I told you what I'd only told two other people in my life because I figured you ought to know what you're getting into. I've already decided for a variety of reasons that I'm not getting into anything. You'll change your mind. He should wink, wink cockily. They all do. And the horse's water broke and it gushed to suck the bedding. Zero hour. He snapped nervously. Keep to her head. Laura jolted back. The fatigue, the almost dreamlike state she drifted into while he was talking, now burst into adrenaline rush. The first flood of fluid didn't alarm her. It was a natural process, just as the mare's plate and wines were part of the whole, a process she had shared in in one, though the mare's eyes rolled in fear and pain that Laura knew she longed to experience again. Laura buckled down to the test can, following Michael's terse orders without question and issuing some of her own. Here comes, old steady darling, almost over. He knelt in blood and birth fluid, laboring as hard as his mare, and his long, thin forelegs appeared. I've got to give her a hand here. Turn it some. Where was the damn head? You got her? Yes, I've got her. Sweat dripped in her eyes. Do it, she's exhausted. It's coming. He got a grip on the slippery, gleaming limbs and reached inside the birth canal to rotate and ease. There, lying along the forelegs, was it. Come on, darling, just a little more. Just a little more. Oh, God. Now there were tears mixed with the sweat on Laura's face as the foul shoulders. There he is. Once the foul shoulders were clear, Michael cleaned the membrane away from the nose. The foul was wet, still attached by the umbilical cord. So Michael wanted to pull a clear see for himself. He waited with Laura as the foul struggled free. The burst sack and the cord broke as natural nature intended. For a while, there was no sound in the stall, but the mare's steady breathing in her first soft, delighted whining as she understood she had a child. He's beautiful, Laura just beautiful. She granted Michael sweat sweat on say. We got ourselves a girl here, Laura. A beautiful girl. God bless you, darling. Look what you did. She looked him with a mother's instinct, climbed to her. Feed him again to clean her baby. It's lovely every time. Laura ease him back so that's not to interfere with the money. You not disappointed? She was my no stud. She's got four legs and a tail, doesn't she? And her mother's calling. Apparently you're not. She laughed, delighted with the look of stunned joy on his face. And I out a formal hand. Congratulations, Papa. The hell was that? 
Riding high, he yanked her into his lap and crushed his mouth to hers. Instantly breathless and dizzy and weak, they were covered with sweat and blood, punching from a night without sleep. The hay beneath them was filthy, the air sick and ripe. And they were locked together like hoping glory. He might have only shared with her that he the exuberance to thank her in his way for being a part of the moment, but he sank into her, into the need, into the heat, into those silky limbs that clung as though she were suspended over a cliff and he was her only salvation. He was murmuring something, a jumble of the wild and reckless thoughts that jambered in his head. His hand streaked up her hit close possessively over her breast. She bucked, arched moan study he used the same patience soothing tone he had with the laboring mare but his teeth nipped at her jaw scraped over the ramping pulse in her throat made the quiet order impossible i can't can't breathe can't think can't let go michael day she pressed her face again i can't he could he thought as he ached spread viciously he could and more but he chose in his time place poorly she stood by him through the night he reminded himself taking advantage of her now as he was only proved that even an honest man could lack integrity wasn't angling for a roll in the hay he kept to that whatever it cost him relax careful to keep his hands you know he shifted look her little girl's grown up already the hands of laura clenched in her lap slowly loosened as she watched the fowl struggle to her feet. After a few comical spells, she gained them. Have you? Laura wiped her palms hard on the knees of her slacks, seized the tingling. Have you chosen a name for her? No. He tortured himself a little by sniffing her hair. Why don't you? She's yours, Michael. Three of us brought her into the world together. Why don't... What do you want to call her? She came back against him and smiled. The fowl had already learned how to suckle. I had a mare when I was a girl. Her name was Lulu. Lulu. He chuckled and buried his face in her hair. Her eyes closed as he nuzzled and her heart to it. I rode her over the hills and into dreams. Lulu it is. He got to his feet, pulled Lord of hers. You're pale. He brushed some over her cheek, almost expected to pass through like this. The closer it got toward morning, the more fragile you looked, and the more I wanted to touch you. I'm not going to be able to give you what you want. You haven't got a clue what I want. If you did, you wouldn't have left me within a mile of Templeton House. But since both of us are too tired for me to explain it now, you better get some sleep. I hope you clean up. No, I can handle it. I'm not that tired, Laura. And you're too damn tempting to go away. All right, then. She stepped out of the stove and looked back. He stretched a long, lean male wearing black with snug jeans unbuttoned at waist. Everything that was female and her shirt in your Michael. Yeah. His eyes were heavy, she noted, exhausted, but they still focused on her in a way that made her blood tingle. No one's ever wanted me the way you seem to. I don't know how I feel or what to do about that. Those exhausted eyes went on. That's not the kind of statement designed to make me want you less. Quick as a snake and deadly, he reached out and snagged her by the shirt front. His free hand circled her throat, squeezed lightly as his mouth came hard on hers. When he let her go, she stumbled back, her eyes closed, her eyes on panic. Go away, Laura. You're not safe here. She walked blindly out of the stables into the white flash of morning. Her bones felt bruised, her mind battered. Lifting an unsteady hand, she brushed her fingertips over her swollen mouth, felt him there, tasted him there. Even as she walked toward Templeton House, she looked back over her shoulder and wondered if she wanted to be safe after all. She always had been, hadn't she? In her life hadn't been a rousing success so far. Then again, she had an unsettling feeling that she was thinking with her glance, not with her head. God knew that's what she felt like now, one enormous pulsating gland. 
It was a new experience, and she wasn't sure if she wanted to explore it further. Before she could decide, she stepped into the kitchen, and all hell broke loose. Miss Laura, my God! Hannah leaped at her while Laura googled in shock. She was embraced firstly, yanked back, patted down, shoved into a chair in the kitchen. What did he do to you, that monster, that spawn of the devil? Where you at, my baby? I smelled in smooth. Laura stops and stared, patted her pills. I knew there'd be trouble with the likes of him around. But never did I imagine. I'll kill him. Kill him with my bad hands. See if I don't. What? Who? She's in shock, Mrs. Williams, to the poor lamb. Fetch the brandy. Now, Mrs. Solfins, calm yourself. Calm myself. Calm myself. Would you look at what he's done to our Miss Laura? After wiping her hands from her apron, the cook bustled over. What happened to her? It was just. I'll tell you what happened. Anna rubbed with a lot of vengeance, sore bright in her. That man happened, that's what. Anyone can see he tried to find him off, or he'll pay. He will. When I get through with Michael Perry, there won't be anything left to scrape off the bottom of his shoe. Michael? Maybe it was fatigue, Laura thought easily. And you just left Michael. What did he do? Their lips are thin, grim line. It's and sat to Laura's hands. And, now don't be ashamed. Don't worry. Not if it's your fault. All right. Laura like, well, was it my fault? Sweetheart, obviously the poor girl who's trying to block out the horror. But now, let's get your clothes off and see how bad things are. I'm praying that there's blood on your clothes. Blood? Laura glanced down. Look at the mess of her costume. Like, oh, Lord. And again, go, oh, Lord. She said again and let her a long while down. The brandy. Mrs. Williamson, fetch the brandy. No, no, no. Fighting for control, Laura grabbed Anna before the housekeeper could swing up to the exact. It's not my blood, Annie, or Michael's either. The foul. She kicked up, managed to get a grip of herself. I helped Michael birth a foul last night. Well, then, satisfied, Miss William went back to her cooking. A foul. Suspicious took him on her. You were down at the stables, both in a foul. Yes, a filly, a beauty. She sighed and was tipped to lay her head on the table and drift out. Every drop of adrenaline had drained, leaving only floating exhaustion. It's a messy job, Eddie. I suppose Michael and I both look like we've been in some sort of bar fight. Oh, shaking and mortified Emerald. I'll get you some coffee then. I've had about all the coffee my system can take for the next couple hours. She's sober then. Looking at Anne's eyes again. Annie, I'm surprised at you. Michael wouldn't hurt me. I've told her the boy's got gold in him, Miss Williams said put in. But will she listen? No, a rogue when I know a rogue when I see one. This rogue horse explained Smith my worrying over a horse. He's taking his own time to teach my children to ride. He's kind to of them inattentive, and from what I've seen of the stables and his stock, he works harder than two men. Emma remembered the way little Kayla had run to him in his easy response, but she said her jaw. She knew what she knew. Oh, that but doesn't change his spots, I say. Maybe not, but a man can remake himself. If he's given the chance, however you feel about him, he is, for the moment, part of Templeton House. Dragging herself to her feet, Laura rubbed her hands over her grinning eyes. Now I need a shower and a little... When she dropped her hands, Grace fell on the clock. Oh, my God, 7.30? How can it be 7.30? I've got a 9 o'clock meeting. The girls, are they up? Don't you worry about the girls, and I told her. I'll see what that they're dressed to take into school this morning. You just cancel that meeting, Miss Laura, and go back to bed. Can't. It's important. I'll make sure they're getting dressed and grab a quick shower. I can drop them at school on my way to work. See that they have their breakfast, please, Annie. On yours, Missy. But Laura's already at that. Just coffee, thanks. I don't have time. Taking on too much, Miss Williamson clucked as she whipped up a battle. Keep this up. She's going to drop flat on her face before much longer. You mark my words. She wouldn't mind if a certain young rogue caught her when she did. She wouldn't mind it one little bit. She wouldn't have been up all night worrying over someone else's business.
Mrs. Sullivan, you're a fine woman, but you're as stubborn as a six mules when it comes to certain matters. And while you mark my words, I'll wager a month's pay that you'll be eating your own soon enough. We'll see about that, won't we? Miffed and poured coffee for Laura and prepared to take it upstairs. That boy is trouble. If he is, Mrs. Williams said place, it's the kind of trouble a smart girl dreams of having. Wish I'd had more of that sort of trouble in my life. As Anne sailed out, streaming dignity behind her, Mrs. Williamson hummed the bright tomb. Wasn't that she didn't believe there'd been a foul born in that night? It was simply that Anne also preferred to see with her own eyes. She marched to the stables, grudgingly carrying the basket of muffins. Mrs. Williamson had a purse pressed on her. She had her way. Michael Fury wouldn't be eaten from the Simpleton house kitchen for long. She looked up to the apartment first, frowning a bit as she noticed the fresh paint on the trim, just trying to integrate himself, that was all she thought, making himself handy and agreeable until he could wreak havoc. Well, he could pull the wool over some everyone else's but hers. She started into the stable, something she had avoided doing since Michael's arrival. Surprise came first. The place was tidy as a drawing room and smelled not all... not at all unpleasant of hay and horses. She halted when Max poked his head out and bumped her shoulder and grinning. Lord save us, you're big as a house. But his smiled eyes made her smile. I'm checking over her shoulder first to make sure she was something to observe. She choked his hooking What a pretty boy you are. Are you the one who does all the tricks the girls are forever talking about? He's one of them. When Michael stepped out of the fouling stall down the block, Annie dropped her hand and cursed herself for not looking around working. Want to try him out? Thank you, no. Stiff as a latch, she reformed. Mrs. Williams sent you some muffins. Yeah. He took the basket, chose one. Same poured out when he bit in it. He could have whimpered in gratitude. The woman is a goddess, he said with his mouthful. I don't think you're playing Red Riding Hood delivering goodies to the wolf, Mr. Sullivan. A lot you know about fairy tales. She was waylaid by the wolf, an innocent girl on her way to her grandmother's. I stand corrected. Because she put his hand, his back up every bit as much as he put up hers, he went back into the stall to his medicating the lacerating mare and her fowl. That's a fine-looking hole. She is. They are. Had a long night, didn't you, darling? The stall didn't look like the site of a long, messy berth. The straw was clean as a whistle, and both mother and child were well-groomed. Since it had been only an hour since Laura had stumbled in the kitchen, it seemed the boy hadn't been wasting his time. You've had one as well, Mr. Ferry, for what I'm told. I'm surprised you're not snoring in your bed. I hope to be as soon as I finish up here. The horses need to be fed and watered first. Because he knew it would annoy her, he grinned over some. Want to give me a hand? I have my own duties to say to. You keep your own house. And he was apparently keeping it well, she admitted. Tidy habits earned Anna's respect, but... A patent you had no problem imposing on Miss Laura and keeping her up through the night. Satisfied that the mother and child were settled, he moved out, skirted around Anne's rigid form, and began to deal with defeat. No, I didn't. The girl needs her sleep. Well, she's getting it now. She's on her way to Monterey. The scoop paused. Drain dribbled as he turned back to her. That's ridiculous. She was up all night. She had an appointment this morning. She was exhausted. I know it. She was surprised that he did, and that he seemed so annoyed. Stupid. He thrust the scoop back into the ground. She could get her hair her hair or her nails done later. Get her hair done. Her nails. Disgusted and slapped her hands on his hip, her hips. If that's what you think Miss Laura's by, you're stupid. And I've never thought otherwise. She's going to work, you baboon, at the hotel. This afternoon, she's going to work at the shop. Then if she's able to stand after you kept her up all night with your horse, she'll send her children. Then she'll, she owns the damn hotel shop and the damn shop. And I imagine both could stand if she took a lousy day off. 
She takes her obligations seriously, and she's got children to raise, doesn't she? Tuition to pay for, clothes and food to buy, bills to pay. Templetons don't work for paychecks. Lower Templeton does. Do you think she'd live off her family? Do you think that even after the heartless bastard took all the money, she's going to cry to her parents? What are you talking about, took all her money? As if you didn't know. Now she sneered. As if all the big spy Monterey and down to Carmel didn't know that that man all but emptied all, all their bank accounts and the stocks and bonds and properties before the divorce. Ridgeway, his eyes flashed, dark, sharp, swords tilted for battle. Why isn't he dead? And a second of breath. On this, at least she could agree, even with a rogue, but she had said more than she intended. It isn't my place to gossip with a stable hand. I'm not a stable hand, and you never let your place stop you when it comes to me. Why did they let Ridgeway get away with it? Josh could have stopped it. The Templetons could have crucified him. It's Miss Lower's business and her choice. And the fuller arm. Hands and close her lips. Doesn't add up. Took the grain of Maxie, who was waiting patient. She's got to have family money to wait in. She's got that house and servants. Nobody lives like that and worries about pennies. Any made reserve house. Miss Lower's financial business is none of yours, Michael Fury. But if you've been thinking too soft in her into letting loose of some of her money in your direction, you'll have to look elsewhere. She recognized Black Flurry and the man which she saw it, and also the rigid control that prevented it from spewing out. She expected the first, but never the second. So warned. He said and went back to feeding his horses. He started to speak again. Had that been hurt beneath the boiling temper? No, she refused to believe it of a man like him. Still, she bit her lip, wondering how her words would taste if she was wrong, and did indeed have to eat them. I'll let you tell your business. When she left, he continued to measure grain precisely, and the scoop flew out of his hand, smashed against the stable wall with enough force to snap its handle off, and the stall several of the horses stirred nervously. Max stopped eating long enough to look out and study. Fuck me. Michael murmured above his hands. I've got enough to do. Goddamn woman should be in bed. <laughs> he picked up the skip through it again, then went to find a new one. End of chapter 9.